0: Obviously, it's very hard to watch, and I can see why people were upset. And there were times where I'd be out there at night, and then I'd be back there during the day, and I'd be on the other side of the fence, you know?
1: And it's just kind of a crazy position to be in. For That's crazy, dude, that you did that, that you stood on both sides through the water bottle and had the water bottle bounce off your shield.
2: It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters, which suddenly appeared in the atomic area, will attack next. If your power goes
1: out, remain calm. Oh my goodness! We are with the captain. We are with the captain. So thank you for tuning in, folks. Welcome to episode five of the First Sit Podcast. Today is super exciting. We are with one of our best friends, Captain James Patterson, our high school valedictorian, life to date, the smartest person I have interacted with. We'll never compliment him like that again, but it is the truth. Um, We are going to sit down here and, and discuss different topics of what's going on in the world From a government standpoint, what is it like uh, right now from a military standpoint getting in, what his experiences were like in the military, Um, and honestly, it's going to be great for us to just grab different ideals from him, what it was like to hold the leadership role that he held in the military, and the drive um, that led him to where he is, so we're super excited, you know, he's sitting here with us, so.
0: Yeah, so I was all prepared for Albert to come at me sideways, like I told Albert, I got 72 things in the back of my notebook <laughs> in case Albert said some mean stuff. A couple of them had stars next to them. Those were in case I needed to go with the friendship ruiners, <laughs> but cool. uh, we're good. Nice intro, Bert. No Appreciate problem. it. No problem, bro. Very happy to be here, and I would like to steal a little thunder. Yo, Deke, okay. Bert. Okay. What you guys, what you guys sipping on?
2: Mm. Oh, man. The infamous question. He here did. we go. He pulled the pulled the tough one. Today, today, we have Starbucks Pike Roast. Nice to Kenbay. Mm, you know some chocolate notes in there? Black. Nice uh, always. Same. Always. Yep. I'm proud of you today. Yeah, I did it Took though. us a couple episodes, it guys, did. but we're here. Well I did start we're the, here.
1: I did start the morning off
2: though with the Wawa Cold Brew that you gotta
1: order. We didn't, it yeah. was black, but I threw a little bit of the fat-free <coughs> creamer in. There. We I'm were going to let you
2: go this week. We didn't have to let people know about that one because you know sometimes you can have. I did use stevia though. Sometimes you can have two from first sips. Dietitian Alex Linares' yep. recommendation. So hope you guys are following your diet. I did switch claims. it up to
1: not mess up the gut flora. Mm, you know, the
2: flora huge. Yeah. So um, JD, how about yourself? Uh, room temperature tap water. <laughs> um. All right now. I want this to be heard on the pod because I already told you when you came here that if you drink the tap water... I am not liable for anything that happens to you after this.
0: Nah, I'm just... I. It sounded like it was extreme. I, I am drinking the filtered you just water. Wanted, you yeah. wanted to come to
2: the city and go on an adventure?
0: I'm coming clean. I'm like Bert, not saying that he drinks black coffee anymore. I'm you're, coming clean today on the pod.
2: You're about to have an adventure in the bathroom. But um, yeah, Albert, <laughs> how,
1: about, how about you? Uh, oh, man, I'm using
2: one of your pods too. I actually don't know which one you gave me. Oh, um, so you're also sipping on a nice Pike roast by Starbucks. Yeah, it's delicious. If anyone from Starbucks is listening, we would love to receive some samples you know some some coffee (laughs) we're here
1: we're here for it um so i guess we'll just dive right into it um jd the main reason i wanted to have you on and and we talked about this with the kembe was your current experience being active within the national guard um and you've told us two cool stories via text and in the chat what you've had going on and the way the world what can you tell us man from What was it like? I know you were activated. You went down to D.C. Um, You're living in D.C. What's it been like down there with everything that happened in the Capitol? What it's been like on you being in the National Guard in this time? Like, what's it like?
0: Yeah, so I think the first thing, not to sound too secret squirrel, as we say, (laughs) but I would like to say that I am not speaking in an official capacity on behalf of the National Guard. Mm -hmm. My views don't uh, reflect necessarily the views of the Department of Defense and the DC National Guard. I know that sounds a little scripted. No, we got to make
2: that clear or else we're going to have to call our our lawyer friend. That's true. We do have a
0: lawyer friend. Shout out, Kofi. But uh, yeah, in terms of what it's been like in the... (laughs) The thing that strikes me the most about the city right now is so we've had this one in a hundred year virus. We've had this like one in 30 year, um, like left wing riots, mm-hmm. like um, civil justice riots. And then we had the Capitol breach, which was like, I don't know, when's the last time something like that happened? Probably going back to the Civil War, maybe, right? A very long time. Mm-hmm. And all of that is transpiring in this one city in one year on an election year, right? Absolutely bonkers year. And to be able to see it, like relative, you know, I live probably point seven miles from the White House as the mm-hmm. crow flies. What strikes me the most about this whole year is like the juxtaposition between all of that craziness and then people are just out there going about their daily life. You know what I mean? This dude's walking to go get his groceries. Mm -hmm. You know, this dude's driving on a scooter, you know, by to go pick up milk, whatever. Everything, you know, life goes on. And it's just kind of a crazy thing to think because at any point there were riots like a couple blocks over, you know, but somebody's taking their dog to take a piss. Right. And that's all happening in the same year. So that's like one of my biggest takeaways from this year. It's like, how crazy is it? Parts of it are crazy, right? Yeah. If you go to the wrong place at the wrong time, parts yeah. of it definitely are crazy. And I definitely did see some things that, you know, you only see once in a lifetime if you're in the right place. Um, but life goes on for everyone there.
1: Like what? What would you say? That was like, you said was like nuts.
0: Yeah. So in terms of actually, so I got activated three times this year for the National Guard. One was for COVID-19. Um, And that was for about a month. And I was planning uh, the National Guard's role in a COVID-19, like an alternate facility. Uh, The thing that really stuck with me the most for that one, and I hate to like sensationalize it, right? Because these are people's lives. People are getting extremely sick over this. Mm -hmm. Like I went to the alternate morgue site that they set up there, you know, we're in the process and would be sending bodies through in the coming days. Mm -hmm. It kind of just hits you like that's, it's really real, right? The morgues were getting filled, you know? Call it a hoax, call it whatever you want, but when the morgues are getting filled, it's got to be telling you something, you know what I mean? When you got to bring refrigerator trucks in to keep bodies cold so that they're not like, you know, I I don't want to get too gruesome about it, but like there's some real visceral realities there. You know, I didn't see bodies, but like they were setting it up. Um,
2: I mean, like you said, though, that's the, I think that's the part that a lot of people miss, right? When you don't have that front row seat of what's going on, you miss the reality. Right. Unless you're a frontline worker, unless you're an essential worker who's been maybe in the medical field, you know, in in your field, you know, maybe working in offices, just seeing different things on a day to day basis. It it changes that perspective from maybe someone who's just seeing it on the news. Right. Or who's getting it from their favorite, you know, influencer or social media, you know, account that they're following and saying, oh, well, this is what's going on. But you being there right day in and day out, you're seeing completely different reality. Right. So that might be affecting you differently than someone who's just sitting at home who doesn't have to go out there and see it on a daily basis. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like it's super geographical, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So if you live out in the boonies and you're not interacting with a ton of people, then maybe it's not so bad where you are. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, if you're you're not worried about your grandparents or you're not by a ton of people. Yeah, I could see why it's not so worrisome to you. Um, You know, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world that's some of it's arguably worse than this, but mm-hmm. we don't we don't think about it every day. You know what I mean? Because it's at, not at all. It's at all. not like right in front of our faces.
1: It Doesn't affect their reality. Yeah, and I think that uh, I mean it, that's why it was cool to have his opinion because he's in probably the most. Um, I, I was just gonna. I don't know, like fear centric or the, where you are right now in DC. It's most prevalent, right? Not that it's most prevalent that cases are hitting, but everyone is so consciously aware. Whereas I went down to went and visited Jair down in North Carolina and I went golfing and I walked into the pro shop I had a mask on like I was like what are you doing
2: it's almost like you left the country yeah I was like what do you mean it was the mean? same thing when I went down there yeah, it's, he it's said, literally like you're said, in a different country said, what for what are a few you doing? days
1: I was like what do you mean what are I doing and this was back this was back in September mm-hmm. when like fear was real and it was ripping and he goes we don't do that here Take your mask off. <laughs> I'm
2: not gonna lie, I kind of liked take, it down there. I might come and come and visit y'all again, you know, because the freedom is there. So hey, why did you like it down there so much? Um, out of curiosity, no, no. Reason. Great views, great sights. The had beach had nothing to do with the interaction. The beach you know, was fantastic. The People that you met, and just curious. I'm single. I'm out here living my best life. <laughs> yeah, Albert. I'm not sound like you to say it. Sound like you might have been I'm implying something. To say it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm come back soon. <laughs> Deep back.
1: Oh my God.
0: Uh, Different
2: area codes. But
1: yeah, man. Do you think that that alters? Obviously, because you're there, front line, and and you like you said with seeing the Morgan, everything that's crazy. Um, but you think being in D.C. is also heightening your
0: sense? Yeah. So, and I think we were actually just talking about this the other day. You look at the electoral map for D.C. D.C. went like ninety five percent Biden, five percent other. Right. If you look at other places that are extremely polarized, and you talk about those places those places are like eighty-one, nineteen, and that's a massive massive like chasm between those two groups dc is 95 5 everybody's wearing a mask you go on the sidewalk every single the dogs got masks mm. you take your cat outside the cat has a mask mm. you know what i mean it they take it very seriously you don't see anyone at any point running running by themselves running at night on
2: a bike you people are wearing masks that's just how it is and how is that affected from a business standpoint right like do you think have businesses been able to run well like are people still able to go for the most part are they still able to go about their day-to-day right like without without any interruption that's a good good, i actually wanted to touch on that
1: that's good because i I think different states are adapting differently and people are revamping differently so yeah yeah. what is dc like man
0: Yeah, so kind of like like the virus, it goes in waves, right? So they're trying to respond to whatever the current situation is. Mm -hmm. So big government, so in our case, like D.C. government might come in one time and say, hey, a lot of people normally come in for inauguration. Everything's getting shut down for two weeks around inauguration because we know we're going to have a lot of people in here. We know they're going to want to go out. So, you know, let's preempt that. Um, But when it's kind of like steady state, I think they're doing a pretty good job and I think they are very very conscious of all the things that they need to do because it's imperative for their employment and also frankly a lot of those people are left leaning and are you know feel very strongly about the virus and you know believe in trying to stop it and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, um and thank you for saying that, you know, like bringing in the divide there politically because you know from my experience right like working through the year, you know, slow going into the office, you, you hear two different sides of it, right? People say like, oh, you know, I don't understand, you know, why we have to continue to wear masks, you know, as we go into businesses, you know, like what is this stopping, right? Like germs are always going to exist. But the funny part to me is that we're sitting in the business, the office, taking care of what it is that you need to get done. And the biggest issue with it right now is that you have to wear a mask, right? Not the fact that, hey, if we don't have this mask, the elderly coworker I, I work with, or the family you have to go back home to, may get sick from our interaction, right? Like it's not just me and you. Like I'm, quote unquote, top of my health, right? Right now, quote unquote. I, like I don't really have to go, you know, and wear a mask. Like I'm, I, I feel okay, right? But what happens if I bring it back and my little brother, who has epilepsy, catches COVID, right? Like, do people think about the layers of how every how different everyone's life is, right? And how simple, like. A mask can can avoid some of these issues, but then on the other side, right, you'll have people say like okay, like let's just wear the mask. I brought this up in one of our earlier episodes let's wear the mask, see what other solutions we can find, right like whether it be like getting people vaccinated or reducing the amount of people who go into you know a business at the time or maybe closing down certain things right and that's something we can talk about you know later on also, right is like which have they made the right decision, cl- closing down certain industries all altogether? right? Me, I'm on the side of no, I don't think so. I think it was a harsh, a quick decision to make. But at the time, like everybody's making quick decisions, right? And it's hard to figure out what to do. And I think that's also a part of it too. It's like, it's easy to sit back and say like, oh, we don't have to do this. Let's not, let's just worry about ourselves when you're not in charge of other people or when you're not concerned with other people or when you don't have to be concerned with other people. Right. And I think that's something that's also that people might be showing themselves also. It's like, not to sound bad, but it's like, do you really have to concern yourself with other people as much on your daily basis as other people might? And is that the reason why they might be concerned about this thing, and you're not,
1: bro? Touching on on quick decisions because mm-hmm. that that's that's a crazy point and like valid for what JD. I mean, you were you were texting us and you were saying, guys, like I I just briefed the FBI director, or guys, I I'm you know I'm a chief liaison right now with the White House right now on the grounds or whatever. I mean, you could correct me. Wherever you were at when you were down in DC after the Capitol, um, and like around that time, what dude? What quick decisions were you hearing, or like what were you in front of that you can touch on, or, you know?
0: Yeah, so a, a lot of the interesting conversations I think were probably going on at echelons above me, um, but we had soldiers. I mean, we probably still have soldiers out there that are armed, and that's a that's a crazy decision to have National Guardsmen. I don't armed for something like this. Well, not crazy in the sense that it was out of touch, crazy in the sense that what a big step, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't necessary, Mm -hmm. but we didn't, we didn't have arms during the uh, George Floyd protests. Mm -hmm. Right. We were out there with shields. Some guys had like um, truncheons clubs, Um, but there were, there were no firearms. Uh, So those are big decisions. And one of the, one of the huge decisions that you constantly see talked about in the news is, How many people are we bringing down here, right? Because we had 27,000, just about 27,000, right? And I'm not telling you anything that the news hasn't covered a thousand times. 27,000 people in one very small city, really kind of centrally located in one area within the city. Right now, we have about 2,500 in Iraq, 2,500 in Afghanistan. Those are countries that are, you know, I'm going to take an estimate, probably a little bit bigger than Texas, Right, so that's a lot of people in one place. That's a huge decision. And uh, one of the things that I was thinking, Dikembe, when you sit, were talking about COVID and, you know, do we over, overstep our bounds with the decisions that we were making? Um, that's one of the questions that people are asking all the time right now about, do we overstep our bounds bringing 27,000 people in? And uh, one of the parallels I kind of draw to that is, well, do we overstep our bounds after 9-11 when we tightened everything up at, like, the TSA? You know what I mean? No further incidents have happened. That's a success, right? And you can kind of draw that same parallel, certainly to the capital breach, right? No further incidents. We can certainly say it it was a success. Was the success an overkill? Maybe, maybe not. It's kind of hard to tell. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. Is there any way you could touch on? And I mean, like I said, cut me off if I ever ask anything that you can't touch on or like, dude, was there any? How did that happen? How from someone who was there and was briefed and had details and I mean if you can't talk about it, you can't
2: talk about it but like how did they get into the Capitol how how does that yeah. happen and, and before you you give your perspective right like let's take it from our standpoint how is that right happen? like I remember sitting US there in the Capitol. office on a Wednesday right and right around like two o'clock one of my coworkers comes over he's like do you see what's going on right now at the Capitol I'm like what do you what do you mean right and it's it's kind of crazy because it almost sounds Like some other big, like, terrorist event or some other big destructive event is going on, right? The way people are talking about it before you're saying it's like, are you seeing what's going on at the Capitol? They're rushing the Capitol building. What do you mean they're rushing the Capitol? Like, the U.S. Capitol is what we're talking about here? Like, we're not talking about Foot Locker again or Walmart. We're not talking about protesters breaking into Target. Mm -hmm. This is the, the United States Capitol. Okay. All right. Let me go on Twitter really quick. Pull this up, and you're literally seeing videos of people rushing the steps. Fighting with with cops right on the front line, right people who are there to try to hold them back, and it's like, no, we're going to continue to push forward. Which which is again, which is what
1: yeah. I don't understand. And like, and that was another question. Just maybe you might, might know better than I do, and of course, answer. How did that even happen in the beginning? Can you get that close? Like, is that a thing? Where like, what are the that's a good question. What are like the, what's the security measures like down there around buildings like that? Cause I've never even been to DC. So.
2: It was pretty nice.
1: I, I've i never been. I'm yeah, going to go. Guys should, you guys should come. Pretty yeah, nice. like, we're talking about it. Yeah. What's the, what's it like? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. So. Without it being planned or hoax. <laughs> nah, nice
0: try. <laughs> um just, yeah, so it depends, right? The security is going to fluctuate as we come around these, like, national security type events, right? It's obviously going to get beefed up. But your standard day, I can't really speak to what the Capitol is like. I know that they have their own police force, the U.S. Capitol Police. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these other places have their, like, the Supreme Court has their own police. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even even the FBI has, like, FBI police. All of these government ag- agencies have their own internal police departments. Mm-hmm. And you say, how does it happen um, it's tough because it's just so unprecedented, right? It's just Nobody could have predicted the extent to which that was going to occur, right? And now we know that that's a possibility. That's in play. That's something that we can prepare against. And I think that that's really how that was able to happen. It was just
2: so outside of what we were prepared to face, I guess. So, uh, But I think uh, to stay on that point because I think we – haven't we, aren't we prepared for it though? We've seen, cause you brought up, you brought up nine eleven before, right? And some of the safety precautions that were put in place after that, there were a lot of like radical sites, a lot of radical social media accounts that were taken down year, like year after year from nine eleven, right? And are still taken down till today, right? Because we have this belief or whoever's in control of those things have this belief that if we allow this message to continue to grow, more people may be radicalized and they may be able to spread this type of message, this type of ideal across other people who are going to do extreme things. And after the Capitol, right, we saw a lot of what over 70,000 accounts, right? QAnon, all these other conspiracy things taken down. And a lot of people stood on the side and said, oh, we shouldn't be censoring things. And I'm definitely going to be there, right? And say like, yes, you should be very, very careful about the way you censor someone else's ideals or message just because you don't agree with it. Right. What is it that you don't agree with before you say like, no, we should just cancel this out. Let's not bring it up anymore. Because what happens when that power switches sides and you're the one getting canceled now, right? But I think with this situation where you have to take it deeper is saying, what is the message that they were trying to spread? And is it something that you can honestly sit there and say, no, we, let's have a conversation around this, right? Because if it was a radical, if what people like to say, radical Islam, right? If we were having a conversation and saying, okay, well, I think, you know, death to America is what I believe in, right? So, and you should allow me to go on Twitter and say that left and right you're probably going to get taken down, right? Because that's the status quo that we live in nowadays. We all have come to an agreement that this is not something that we want to see grow in America, right? So, and we talk about this all the time, right? The difference is there's plenty of things on, on the left, right, that, that we've talked about over the years oh, yeah, sure. that, that we don't agree with. But right now in this current moment, right right now in this current moment, we are talking about people who were inspired by something, Right. Whether or not you want to say it was Donald Trump, whether or not you want to say it was all those far right, you know, social media influencers now, right, who have their own platforms and who are now their individual own Fox News, right, who are saying like, oh, well, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Or have you seen this? And people are just growing like their own community around these ideas. And it's not being questioned by anyone else, right? Like we sit back and forth all day, all three of us, right, the rest of the guys in the group, and we question each other's thoughts all the time right the second somebody comes up and says something crazy or right out of left field right it's like bro talk to me about that right it's not like you we automatically shut it down some of us do right some of us also like to sit there and be like talk to me about that like where are you bringing that from like what are you seeing you know what i mean like because this has to be coming from somewhere so where is it coming from yeah so i think
1: i i think yeah you raised two two good points there that i like a lot um the first one I think it'd be cool just to hear JD's thoughts on what like, what was even the goal with doing that. But I also wanted to dial back real quick. You said this was an unprecedented event, right? As an individual who's keen in preparation, this was talked about for like three weeks. Everyone knew that there was gonna be a Trump rally. How was it unprecedented? How did it happen? Everyone knew that there were gonna be thousands of people there, but what, security wasn't tight? And they had the ability to breach. So
2: I'm not challenging you, but now you can create a detail to a story that I've been told, because the, yeah, the narrative is that people did know, they right. were aware, of right? Course. It's almost like JD, the same thing JD that people just say here about it's
1: unprecedented, but it's, it's the narrative the same, was ah, nah. They, that, that same we never conversation knew. came
2: about though from nine yeah. eleven when people said no, there was warnings before, right? Like people should have been aware that this was, was going to happen. They were aware of what's going to happen, right? And it's it's so interesting to see how the the, the the similarities between these situations, right? And I'm not talking about the the consequences and the effects that came from those situations, but just the conversation around it. Right and how people were talking about this and now the conspiracy theories that are coming from it.
1: Yes. So, one, if if you're saying it's unprecedented, why? If there was clearly illustration that there were so many people going to be there. And two, what was the feel inside? So when you were down there, like you, I mean, I think like, dude, touch on you know senators being pulled out and this stuff that you heard. Like, what was it like in there after? Like, what were they saying? What were these guys trying to do? So, what is the thought behind what they were trying to do? And how was this unprecedented, if you said that?
0: Yeah, so you're talking about they had they had planned thousands of people. They didn't know thousands of people were coming, but that's the thing, like you haven't been to DC. A thousand people coming to protest in DC is a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. You know? And I and I have friends and I have friends, I know people that are in law enforcement in DC. They have protests all the time, every day. Mil, you know, Million Woman March, um, civil civil rights mm-hmm. and anything anything under the sun that you could protest about they're all coming to the white house they're coming to capitol hill so it's not you know everybody yes everybody did know that protesters were coming I, it's unprecedented in the sense that there was a threat of violence and that threat was actioned
2: and it was so close like you were just talking about albert there like people like the violence got very close to to some very important people, I mean not to make them you know sound bigger than they are, but once again like if if people were to get if those protesters the riders, were to get to say some of those senators, what would that look like today? Yeah, no, there were very important people. He, he was yeah. yeah
0: yeah. So I don't have any firsthand knowledge of any of that. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing is solely like Fox, CNN, same as you guys. But you see, there's a video of Mitt Romney on the day of the Capitol breach walking down the hallway. An officer runs by him and is like, oh, shit, that's Mitt Romney, grabs him. Mitt Romney is like in his 70s, turns around, starts running in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? That's two Republican presidential nominees ago. The vice president of the United States of America was within 100 feet of a mob that some of them didn't particularly like him because of the decision that he had made very recently.
2: I mean, and to stay on that point, like that's one of the things that they're arguing right now is— Let's be honest, the tweet that is now taken down, right, where Trump said Pence did not do his job, right? Um, he didn't make the decision or he didn't make the vote, right, that would give us some time to kind of challenge the election. And from there, it seemed like that was the spark that kind of set everybody off, right, or that got them even more riled up. Maybe it wasn't the spark, right, but maybe it was the thing that just got them. It's just more fuel to the fire, right? Like, if you are already fired up, this is somebody now coming out, like, saying hey this is another reason why you should be there today.
0: Yeah, I mean this was definitely 4 or 5 years mm-hmm. in in the making, slow build, you know, things things slow down, everything's good, but then the election happens, the election challenges happen, the claims of fraud happen, all of that kind of explodes and then the virus is on top of it, and then, you know, you had the George Floyd protests previously. So like all of this is kind of culminating into this one that just it's the worst it's snowball. A, a, effect. Yeah, a powder keg.
1: Yeah. Hey. And you, but you were I mean, you sent us like pictures, right? Or you even told us what was it like for the George Floyd protest You were in like a shield, right? You were you were kitted up.
0: Yeah. So we and by we, I mean, the people that were there the first couple of days, obviously, it got it got beefed up over time as other states came in. But we were out on the streets um, with, with the shields and the police would say, all right, we need you here. And then sometimes the police would leave and then there were just protests kind of like roaming, roaming around. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where like a bike cop came up to us. You know, it's, it's nighttime. The city is on curfew. Everything is shut down. And he's like, hey, they're coming. And we're like, well, how many of them from where? <laughs> and uh, I, I said to this guy, I'm like, from where? Like, I, you mm-hmm. know, I want to know which way to face this line.
2: It literally sounds like he, a scene out of a movie. And, yeah, and
0: he really. said he says from everywhere. You know, and I, that didn't happen, but like he wasn't just saying that to mess with us. And then, you know, another one at one point comes up to us and says, hey, reports of Molotov cocktails a couple mm-hmm. of blocks away. You know, there are helicopters flying up and down the streets. So, you know, there's a dude with a baseball bat. They're mm-hmm. shooting fireworks. I personally used a shield to deflect things that were thrown at me mm-hmm. several times. Um, and I, I don't I don't want to talk about this without also touching on like the absolute, you know, terrible incident that started the whole thing in oh, the video. You know, the George Floyd video is, is absolutely, you know, I, I did finally watch it at some point and mm-hmm. very obviously it's very hard to watch and I can see why people were upset. And there were times where I'd be out there at night and then I'd be back there during the day and I'd be on the other side of the fence, you know, and it's just kind of a crazy position to be in.
1: For, that's crazy, dude! That you did that. That you stood on both sides, threw the water bottle, and had the water bottle bounce
2: off your shield.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: ran. I ran. Nice.
0: I was like the flash.
2: I blocked yep. blocked my own water bottle. <laughs> like you didn't know which which side to, of history to be on. But um, I think it's that's a really good point, though, that you bring up. You know, all jokes aside, about when you finally, you know, watch the video and have to come to grips. You know what I mean? Well, like, no, nah, this really yeah. happened. Right. And one thing that I hope people at this point in time have already gotten through their heads is that we're not saying this is every cop that is out there. But once again, when you pick up the phone, when you call the cops, if you're feeling threatened, right, very few times do we ever think that, okay, the next thing that we're going to see, especially for a situation like that, right, counterfeit $20 bill. I work in the financial industry. I people move counterfeit money every week. And you have to make calls for it. You have to send out bolos, right? Be on the lookout. It is, you do these things. You know what I mean? But you never say, oh, wait, I think this person might lose their life in the next 30 minutes after this phone call is made from a counterfeit, from a counterfeit bill. And that is just one part of it, right? Because hearing the situation would be one thing. Nowadays, we're stuck with the reality that we have to now see these situations all the time.
1: Yeah, but I don't and think I th- that's ever going to change,
2: though. No, 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 but people I think, bad, I think it's something, like, and that that's what happens. I'm saying. Evil but is think, never going to be completely removed. Ever. Th- and hear me out, and Will Smith said something like that, right? Where yeah. he's like, it's not getting worse. It's just being recorded all the time, and we're seeing it. Yes. That's because true. think about the Rodney King beating, right? Racism was going on all the time before that, right? Like, people were getting beat down. Look, Emmett Till, right? Thirteen. He was drugged through town. They beat that kid so bad that his mother purposely wanted to have an open casket funeral so people can see what racism did to her child. And that was based off of a false accusation, right? So like you said, it has been going on all the time. Sure. But the problem that our generation has to deal with is that we have to see it all the time, right? And once again, from the perspective of being one of your black friends, right? How often do you think I want to sit back and every week, bro, did you see this other guy who got killed by the cops? Dude, can we stop talking about this like it's a new episode every week, right? And I think- that's another part that people don't understand from a black man's perspective, a black person in general in this country, that shit is tiring. You know what I mean? Like, do you know how tiring it is almost every week now to have somebody be able to pull up a YouTube video or something, whether it be because people want to over sensationalize it or because they're just angry about it and it is or because 100 percent right. And, stated that it is. and it is something that I started really realizing, like after we left high school, because in our town, it wasn't at the front of our eyes. Right. Like you can go through and people say, oh, I don't see color, blah, 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 blah. But no, we really for the for the most part, we grew up living a life where it was just like, all right, you knew you were one of the only black people in the area. But at the same time, blatant racism wasn't affecting you all day left and right. Right. Was there subtle racist moments left around you? Yeah, definitely. But you could continue to move through. Right. Like you can continue to move through your day, stepping out of that town, stepping out into a much more diverse area. Right. Where people don't always see eye to eye on different cultural points. No, that it's, it's, it's a different reality out here, you know? And, and once again, I, I go back to my point about seeing this stuff now on a, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, about all the killings or about all the police violence. And, and it's just, you, you ask yourself, it's like, what at what point do people stop sensationalizing, right? And do they start having a real conversation about why are we seeing this so often? Because if we were to see this in another country, right, we were just talking about, Um, someplace in the Middle East, right? If we were to see a cop put his knee down on on a Middle Eastern, you know, person and say, oh, snap, we're watching somebody being killed right now. We think it's like the cartel in Mexico, right? We'd be like, whoa, what are they doing? They're just out there killing people. And we're not saying this is everybody. But after a while, if you're within that community, if within that group, and if every week you're seeing this like a new episode and for days and on end, that's all the media is pushing to your community. Why would you not start believing that that is something that's actually going on, right? You, become, you, be, you, you believe the narrative just like people who are watching another news source are going to believe that narrative, right? The, what, what happened after the, after the George Floyd uh, uh, killing, right? After that video, the protests started happening. The riots started happening, right? And people were, who weren't in the city, we have friends back in the Poconos, right? Who haven't been to Philadelphia the entire, the past year, who will sit there and say, oh my God, your, your city is burning right what is what is going on out there guys are you safe are you okay where you are you guys drove up here how is it outside today
0: it's just like I was saying about DC dude that's just that crazy juxtaposition I'm still going to get my groceries people are still going to take their dogs for a walk you know what I mean the, the life goes on no, no city as far as I know I don't know how bad Portland is but yeah none of the cities are, are and
2: that's a burning. great point life goes on right but for every individual in this country life is going on in such a different way Right. Like the things that you're seeing, the the way COVID's affecting you, the way that, you know, just the the conversation around race is affecting you. The last year with the whole election cycle, everybody is living such a different reality. Right. And it's like we were saying this morning. This might be an opportunity where if we really just take a step back and stop trying to put our own points in front of somebody else's point and be like, hey, man, like t- talk to me about what it is that's affecting you. Right. Like what's wrong? Not because. I'm just ready to argue against your point, but like this sounds like something you're passionate about. Like I want to hear you out, because I care, right? I don't have to care, but I feel like this is the way we can move forward, right? And because I want to stay in this community, because I want you to stay in my community, because I want to build for, towards a better future, right? Whatever it is that people want, you have to start caring. You have to start listening to somebody else's point. You can't continue to try to prove them wrong and say, oh, well, you guys talk about cops killing your you black people. What about the black people killing black people? Do you want to talk about that topic? We can, but I didn't know you cared about it until I brought this up, hmm. right? So don't throw that back in my face because we can have that debate, right? You're talking to someone who loves to debate.
1: Really? I might get that from my father. <laughs> really? Shout out to
2: Don Smith, right? The OG, so? right? But it's like, listen, because people will throw things in your face and you have to be ready. It's no different than boxing, Albert. No yes. different, right, than jujitsu. Oh, of course. You got to be prepared, not only from, an, like, from a, like, an aggressive standpoint, but from a defensive standpoint, right? Because what happens if somebody comes at you? You're ready to take on that battle, right? Yes. Exactly. I'd like to think so. Thank you. Most people aren't ready when they throw that comment back in your face or comments like that. And then you go there. It's like, okay, let's explore this. Oh, you didn't really care about that. You just cared about trying to prove a point or trying to shut down my point. So now that we've done this, let's talk about the issue at hand. Because that's where I feel like we're trying to get away from because people don't actually care
0: yeah and i think there's a concept that we've sort of danced around a couple times called like an echo chamber you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so if you're constantly watching fox or you're constantly watching cnn and that's all you get it's kind of pushing you out towards one side and i think what you're trying to say is that's not healthy and i think we know that and the question is what's the solution you're saying the solution is more conversation i'd agree and you know we'll see how that can get implemented
2: have more guests on the podcast
1: yeah that's right keep having (laughs) the conversation solve the problems of the world um i guess to take it to not like a lighter stance but i mean that was awesome i know that that's just good stuff like the campaign said it's all about importance of the conversation but to pivot a little bit any cool stories man from the military like anything you would like to touch on like brag about or spend some time overseas yeah man like surprise us a little bit or Nah, I, I'm not I, I didn't kill Bin Laden
0: I wasn't in the Bin Laden raid uh, yeah, you, I had so, two, two non-combat deployments To be
1: clear That's mm-hmm. fine But you still experienced stuff You traveled
0: Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll throw some stories at you If you want yeah, so If you, wanna, you? you want a little
1: A little sum sum Yeah Yeah.
0: So, and hey stop me I can get very Acronym military jargon Okay I was telling a story To my girlfriend the other day And she is just like I understood none of that So now that we're live on the air for the people, if they, you think the people won't know an acronym, or if I'm getting too hot shout and heavy, shout out Steph. Keep yeah, them correct. yeah, keep just, them right.
1: just real, real quick on that. Um, how did that go when you uh, had a confrontation with Steph? Not that I just had one at dinner last night with her at all, but I was just curious. Like, how did it go? <clears throat> if you say the word, I'm not scarred from it. I'm just, I'm just curious. If you say the word fracking,
0: I'm going to relapse. I am. Was ridden. Albert not
2: ready for the fight that he thought he like was no, getting into? Dude, the fight. Mm. <laughs> she pulled out samurai. That's <laughs> Got to be ready. Got to be ready.
0: At one point, someone looked at me and said, "JD, are you uncomfortable?" And I was like,
1: "Yes." The waiter said that. The waiter came over and said, "Are you guys okay?" And JD said, "No, sir. No, <laughs> she looked at no." Help. Yeah, man, drop some stories on us.
0: Yeah, so one time I was at what's called the National Training Center, and that is a place where people go in order to p- prepare, generally speaking, for a long time to go to combat deployments to the Middle East, but just generally deployments. You're going to go overseas. They'll send you to what's called the National Training Center, and the units that rotate through there um, are brigades, which have about 3,000 people in them. All right, So it's a big size unit. I think one of those rotations that uh, lasts about a month um costs like a hundred million dollars. so mm. it's it's the real deal. It's like the uh, mm-hmm. it's like the Super Bowl in preparation for a deployment mm-hmm. uh, so you know you're fighting against a, an enemy, a quote unquote enemy who are also obviously United States military members who have their own equipment. you shoot at each other with lasers, you know the laser kills your vehicle. they have like wow, that's kind of sweet yeah so and that actually kind of plays into the story so We had just finished a mission and my commander comes up to me. He's about to go into a meeting. He's like, hey, Lieutenant Patterson, can you go take my tank over to the maintenance bay? You know, something's going on with the maybe it was the laser equipment, the transmission engine, whatever, like physically, personally take my tank. Right. I'm not a tanker. I was an artilleryman. So I just say, you know, yes, sir. And I start talking his driver and saying, hey, you know, go this way, go this way. And I look over to my right, and then in the middle of the desert, there's a, a civilian contractor who's working on the, the laser system, messing around with it. And they have some like very small explosives on them to like make it more realistic, make a puff of smoke come up. Something along those lines. Mm. I don't know exactly how it works. Don't remember exactly how it works. I see one of those like puffs of smoke goes up. It catches this guy's shirt, and his shirt lights on fire. And this guy's just running oh across the desert no on fire. <laughs> and the driver goes up to me, and he's like... Should we do something? Like there's an entire unit right there, right? Everybody is seeing that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do. This guy rips his shirt off. And, you know, I think we had stopped or we could see it in the distance, like this whole thing unfold. And they popped, uh, like, I think it was purple smoke to signify that, hey, we got like a real world situation going on here. Mm -hmm. Not part of the exercise. Like this is
2: no longer a drill, people. This is yeah, not a drill so, anymore.
0: So, like, they flew the Black Hawk helicopter down. They picked this guy up. I, I think he ended up being fine. I don't think I would share the story if this dude ended up dying. But um, also, a crazy part of that excursion was this driver was super smart, squared away, new guy, like, worked really hard, it was a total stud. And I had noticed when I was talking to him, he seemed like a, a little bit like sluggish, um, wasn't really answering some of my questions. I'd talk to him, he wouldn't say anything back. And I'd be like, mm, that's good. You know, that's kind of weird You know, he's tired We've been sleeping Not a ton Mm -hmm. And uh, At some point afterwards I found out I was like, you know What was going on with that kid? And it's like Well, part of the thing That was wrong with his tank Is like he had carbon monoxide poisoning So he was just like He had gotten like knocked out And I just had no idea What? No Yeah, he had just like drifted off And then woken back up Like drifted off Woken back up You know, which is kind of dangerous When obviously When you're driving a tank you know what i mean i didn't even real i'm not even thinking about that until now like how dangerous it would have been if he had passed out like while driving
2: bro that's dangerous playing call of duty yeah yeah so that's <laughs> kind of might be dangerous driving a tank a tank, bro, that, like tank this dude would fall asleep driving a tank. i would fall asleep in my at my pc yeah this isn't this isn't like this, not a game. Your desk. this yep. is not a game this is JD. not a game Yo, a
0: good news this is, is, not a game. is you got a while to wake up when you're driving in the middle of the desert
2: you know <laughs> what i mean
1: <laughs> so where are you located like in the tank like when he said take my tank like what are you standing on top like with a flag or like where are you located just, like, I got take my
0: tank please I'm attached with I have a chain to the back of it and I've like uh skis like
2: water <laughs> skis <laughs> okay okay and, and I'm microphone. just surfing
0: surfing on the sand and talking you just, to the driver We were
2: calling out where to go
0: <laughs> yeah so there are two people in the turret one of them and again I'm not a tanker tankers feel feel free to let me know if I'm wrong there is the tank commander who is telling the driver where to go and making the ultimate decisions for the tank. The tank driver is like down below you and to the left, uh, I think, on the tank. And then there's also a second person in the turret who is the gunner, I believe, mm-hmm. loading ammunition, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Yep.
1: sounds about right. Mm-hmm. We know that from Fury. You ever see that movie? Epic. Yeah, sh- 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 beat me cramped. to it. You beat me to How it. How big are they? Like, to in comparison. A tank. In to a co- Honda
0: Accord. Yeah, thank you. To a Honda yeah. Accord. You can't just yeah. say in
1: comparison.
0: To, to oh, a Honda I you to Yeah, compare comparison.
1: to, I'll to, pick a thing. That's yeah. fair. That's
0: to a fair. Honda
2: Accord. We'll do a couple things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, much bigger than a Honda Accord. Um, Double the
2: size, triple the size.
0: I don't think it would fit in this apartment for oh several of its dimensions. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and it's that's quite, thing, quite Stop watch. trying to play my apartment, wow. please. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to out you to come back. I didn't even
2: think. So it just came off the dome. That's crazy. Also, don't play my apartment. Okay, thank you. But what about What else is big What else is big An elephant
0: Oh man That's a good one I, I don't know I don't know The weight combination I I would guess I would wager money That the tank is Significantly heavier There's than gotta the be elephant. An infographic somewhere Yeah definitely
2: Of definitely. a tank Compared to the Largest animal a Whale,
0: yeah, but like a bull. <laughs> what well, kind of a blue whale is much bigger than a tank, uh, dude, dude? you
2: dude, you can't know, do this me, with we JD. could go on for another yeah, hour you about can't, the animals, you can't yeah. In. We're gonna be talking about wombats <laughs> <laughs> episode episode 82, the great you, animal debate, you can't um, with James Dewar, so, coming soon. So,
1: um, you got to talk about last night, we were talking about at dinner too, with the um, what the howitzer. Was that what it was called? It's
0: funny. I just wrote that note down. I wrote biggest guns, question yeah. mark, because I knew, I knew you wanted to bring it More up. More than anything. Yes. Yeah, we all know yeah, yeah. I
1: need to hear about the big guns that you fired. What happened? I have to.
0: I yeah. Know. So... I am still to this day an artilleryman. I don't do artillery in the D.C. National Guard. There are no cannons in D.C. that I know of. That we know of. Yeah, exactly. That we know of. We also have uh, White House
2: down. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right.
1: You know what's up top.
2: Yep. Pop out the top of the White House. And Trump I know it's there. there. So,
1: you know, he got that place loaded. I, I, know.
2: He, he, <laughs> I know he brought in some new money. Yeah. They probably increased. Trump has it gators ready to go. But, J.D., what have you seen since we know it's really there? But what have you seen?
0: Yeah. Or I was asked a question <laughs> about guns. I just want to answer the question about guns. I'm not getting to I don't know anything about top secret, cannons on the White House, no, nothing. JD knows, bro. He just can't talk about mm-hmm. it. No. You mm-hmm. caught that in my tone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um all right, so you asked me at dinner last night, what's the biggest thing you fired? So we'll go small to big. Uh handgun pistol, uh, M four rifle, um a M two hundred forty Bravo, which is a crew operated machine gun which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a trigger. It has like a, like a butterfly trigger yeah. that you push down we with know two thumbs. Call
2: of Duty. Call of Duty 4. He acting like <laughs> we don't <laughs> know JD, we do this like, on the we weekends. Like one with like two handles, right?
0: Yeah, yep, exactly. No way. So, um, my absolute favorite, I see you guys doing the machine gun motion. You guys yeah, are getting excited. Do this. We my do this. absolute favorite grenade launcher. Ama- the feeling that you have shooting a grenade launcher. And this was just like simulated rounds too. This wasn't a full grenade. It's just Awesome. And they're like, you kind of just eyeball it too, because you you have to shoot it on an arc. You're not Mm -hmm. going to direct fire Mm -hmm. a grenade launcher. It's really an experience. Totally recommend. But biggest thing that I fired, a Mike 109 Alpha Six, 155 millimeter self propelled howitzer. So a cannon, right? A cannon. Artillery is cannons. Oh my gosh. The ammunition for those get as heavy as probably close to 110 pounds, right? One round. Well, see, I'll be in the gym
2: without being in the gym. Yeah. What I, the? That's fire. Yeah, I'll,
0: Yeah. Our, that's Alex soaring through the air. Artillerymen need to be able to, like, take a bunch of those, load them into the weapon, and then continue doing that for so however what's, long.
1: what's the, okay, you're an artilleryman. What's, what is the process like? Like, is it like in the movies where there's a dude loading, a dude, like, cranking something? Everyone's got, like, earmuffs on, like, not earmuffs, but, like.
0: Yeah, will you definitely, you definitely like. have ear protection on, 100%. Yeah, what's, like, the process like? So it depends on the piece. So there is no cranking to aim unless something goes wrong with the weapon system. And the weapon system that I was in is called a a paladin. It looks to a layperson very much like a tank. You can Mm -hmm. look it up. M109A6, right? That's the nomenclature or just paladin tank. If you search that, it'll probably come up. Um, In terms of the crew, yeah. again, you have a driver who's not really involved in the shooting process. He's up driving that self-propelled uh, cannon, and then in the back you have the guy that's in charge of it, who's saying, "All right, this is how many rounds we're firing. This is the type of round we're firing. This is the fuse that we're going to put on it." And then you do have a guy that's just taking hundred-pound rounds, grabbing them off the rack, and then putting them on the loading tray. And that guy's got a that guy's got a tough job. What's the timeline like that you can get off between rounds? Wow, you're testing me. It, any of those I mean, artillerymen well, that are testing that are listening right now to see if I remember my artillery. So, I think if I were to take a swag at it, it's you can do a, about one round a minute sustained. I think roughly on that piece, it's a little bit slower than some of them. That's a lot. Some mm-hmm. something like that, and it might be the fastest. It's like four rounds in two minutes. Um, if I'm not there, I think I'm kind of close. Bro, you said that one round could level that restaurant we were in last night. I don't want to get back to Dikembe's apartment but yeah. it would be gone <laughs> dude he I'm
2: could, so happy I'm not on camera right four, now I'm four so happy of you,
1: I'm not on camera four of your apartments in two minutes bro. four
2: of my apartments four of my apartments <laughs> God. two minutes toast one of my apartment level uh, a very very big place level big house like Drake's house yeah it would, it would knock out the west wing of Dikembe's apartment <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Y'all better put some respect on my living establishment here. It's messed up, man, what he did. This is nice. Well, I'm moving to Calabasas anyway, so I don't even care. Your That's guns true. can't get me out there. That's true. You're a paladin. That's true. You're a paladin.
1: Yeah, you're, man. You're uh, learning. Um, what about Poland?
0: How was Poland? Poland was awesome. Um was there for about four or five months. Gets very cold in Poland. Um, I'm just trying to think of any major stories that came out of Poland.
1: The the crazy story is like, what's just what it's like over there? What were you doing?
0: Why were you there? Yeah, one awesome thing is your money goes so far in Poland. You Mm. go out to dinner, you have fucking appetizer, beer, uh, entree, dessert, and be like, all right, hey, here you go. We dropped $15. You know what I mean? Whereas that same meal would be four or five times as Mm -hmm. expensive here. So that was awesome. But yeah, in terms of what we were doing, strategically the united states has bases um outposts you know all over the world for geopolitical strategic military purposes mm-hmm. and the purpose of that base was to like confront russian aggression that's confront russian aggression that's why we have bases in like north central poland we were probably like Man, I wish I remembered exactly. Maybe seventy-five miles from Kaliningrad, which is a little Russian enclave just north of Poland. So, there are reasons why we have bases the the places that we have on. You know, they're not going to be in Maui. Do you, Do? You that other, would be nice, though. Yeah. Well, well I guess we do. We do have things in Hawaii. That's yeah. true. I picked we a bad
2: might, example. It might be a little bit warmer than uh than Poland. Yeah. Do That's Do true. other
1: countries do that? Like, does Poland have bases here? That's actually something I've always wondered. That maybe you will know. Yeah, so, like, does military, Russia have places in New York City? And I know, I
0: know a lot more about this because I was like a government and law major in yeah. college. But the ability to project pr- power mm-hmm. to the extent that we do, or even in the same sphere, is so far and away an American capability it's at this time. Are other places building aircraft carriers? Sure. Do other places probably have bases elsewhere? Sure. But the ability to move tens of thousands of soldiers all over the world, I mean, it's just because of the amount of money that we, we throw at, at. When I was in college and I was like memorizing the statistics, we were spending more than like two through 12 combined. You know, I don't know what that statistic is now, but it's a, it's a lot of money. Two through know?
2: 12. Uh, like milli- biggest milli- spenders. Sorry. Oh, no, th- no, no, the no. second okay. list of biggest. Yeah. Spenders. Okay. Like, you know, we are spending more than numbers. to a dollar amount. No. How much do you think we spend
0: on defense? Yeah, oh, it's insane. yeah. I, I I would have to Google the defense budget. I don't. I don't want to take. You want me to take a swag at? It, I'll take a swag at the defense budget it was, it was just for fun. From.
1: It has to be an insane number.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be in the hundreds
1: of billions. I wonder if it's like a insurance kind of thing, like where you know, I mean, it's a bummer that we're spending There's so much, so until much the money day that, that we just may use around. So you know, but that's something to talk mm-hmm. about another time.
0: Yeah. Again, definitely like a deterrence thing. The same thing. You got to. You throw a lot of troops in DC, hope that something doesn't happen. America, at a, on a larger scale, we throw things around the world. We're trying to stop, you know, Russians from. They already got Crimea, whatever, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was more than that. Now, R- roughly around there, you know, there are, there are real threats around there, and that's why we are the places that we are. It's the American brand.
1: Mm-hmm. Big brother's coming. <laughs> it's no first sip, but yeah, right. Hey, Amen. Uh,
2: yeah. You put us out there. I don't know.
1: So when you used to to send us Snapchats and you were like in the woods day whatever. In the woods day eight or like day five haven't um, been out here and like your face would be like super <laughs> ugly like it usually is, but like you'd have like crazy like hair growth and like you'd be dirty. What was that? What were you doing? You never even told us. You would just send us a random picture and be like day one hundred laying in the sand.
0: <laughs> yeah, so usually when I would do those sorts of things Those are like field exercises. So when I would count days, it would be days during a training exercise where you drive out from the motor pool where the vehicles get staged when you're doing normal day-to-day operations. And you drive out literally to the fields or the woods, wherever, and you train and you do military operations. You fight as if you're fighting a near-peer force um, or you train on whatever weapon systems you're training on. And I, yeah, I think like the the longest training exercise where I didn't walk into a building was just out there was probably, I don't know, 24, 25 days. Which
2: is a long time. Wow. That's a long time to not be in a building. You said that so like nonchalant. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, 24, 25 days, you know. Longest time I wasn't in a J- building. Just haven't been inside. <laughs> All of you listening, what was what was the longest period y'all haven't been inside? Yeah. Five hours. That's what it is. Y'all go to work, go home. That's it. You're over here saying 25 days. Well, the worst
0: part, the worst part about one of those was like my heater went out in Kansas (laughs) in the winter and one, and it dropped to like negative 10, you know, and I had, I had my sleeping bag was a three layer sleeping bag, but you just, you just stay cold you just stay cold. Really? That's how it is. And you're in a tent. Mm. So I was in a mechanized unit and in a mechanized unit, most people are going to find a place in their vehicle. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of tents going on unless you are in, like, an operation center or something like that.
2: Sounds comfy. It must be, must be real comfortable, right, in the vehicle?
0: Well, it depends what spot you get. It's like so sleeping at the Hilton? Depends what kind of seniority you have, right? So the driver's going to be the most junior guy. He's going to sleep in his little driver hole and put the seat down if he can. Mm. And,
1: uh, yeah, the higher ranking you are, the better spot you get. That's just, that's that's just cool. how the cookie crumbles. Seniority.
2: That sounds like a weekend at the Ritz-Carlton.
1: My only other question that's military based, um, and then we could touch on content wrecks of the week. Because I know you you got one jammed up, and you're so pumped, um, dude. What's the food like? Is it what's the deal? What's the deal? There's can you
2: maintain a healthy approved yeah, Alex a, the dietitian yeah. diet?
1: Is can the, would the food police be okay with it? And like, because there's a crazy stigma out there that you guys are throwing stuff in a bag, shaking it, and eating it. Like, what's the?
0: It's so It depends. <laughs> so it depends what branch you're in. It depends what environment you're in. Uh, I know those Air Force guys out there, we always give them shit because they got that that five-star dining. And mm. then, you know, the Marines are always saying that the Army's got the five-star dining and the Marines are eating on the scraps or whatever. But if you're out in the fields, frequently you'll be having three packaged meals a day from an MRE, which a lot of people I know have heard of, a meal ready yeah. to eat. And I know a lot of people taste those and they're like, oh, this isn't actually that bad. Well, you're eating it at your kitchen table when it's 70 degrees <laughs> and you're, you're shaking it up and then you're eating it with a, a spoon and a fork and you eat it once. But when you eat it for three weeks straight, uh, it's not that great. In terms of the food police, I know they, they toss some like Skittles in there. They, they put like one treat in there. Other than that, I think it is very calorie dense. Right, It's designed to sustain yeah. you mm-hmm. Sure. Um, in like a combat environment or a training environment. So, yeah, it is It is very, um, like, calorie-dense, for sure. That's
2: good stuff. We should get some MREs. No, bro. Why not? Because you're literally a phenomenal cook. Why would you want an MRE? It'll be. Re- Sometimes I get tired. It might be good on the go. Don't knock it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Don't you know, in it. the car on the way to work, you know, shake one up, MRE, here we go. Breakfast. Ben & Jerry's is an MRE for you. That's so true. <laughs> that is so, so true. Have you guys tried the Netflix and chilled? no didn't even know it was a thing oh my gosh you have to try the netflix and chilled the next time you sit down to watch your content wreck of the week mm. get yourself a netflix and chilled ben and jerry's pint let me know what you think speaking of that
0: what kind of flavor oh yeah yeah you want us all content right yeah. right
2: what do you got for us bro all right you know i'm a huge
0: superhero guy yes and the biggest thing in superheroes right now is wandavision mm. and we talked to we talked about we talked about this a couple days ago, and it crashed Disney Plus out on the West Coast when it dropped at 3 a.m. East Coast. That's crazy. I think a week or two ago. Maybe it was this week. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, so big recommendation. Not my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe um, show or movie, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it's the first show, mm-hmm. but. I just love what Marvel is doing Around that 2011 time frame When we were a couple years into the MCU Mm -hmm. Everybody was saying like Superhero fatigue Superhero fatigue constantly Like oh, they're just these action movies How often are we going to be able to watch something blow up But then Marvel's like oh, you, I'll literally watch it forever (laughs) But then Marvel says, You want to bet? All right, so you want to talk about super f- superhero fatigue? They mm-hmm. go and they do like Guardians of the Galaxy, like Space Odyssey. They yeah, do. Think
2: about the whole like, what was it, the phase two rollout that they were doing, yeah. right? When they did that big briefing.
0: Ant Man is comedy. Yeah. You, you got um, Captain America Winter Soldier is mm-hmm. like a spy thriller. Then you have WandaVision is now a sitcom that they're transitioning into horror. Mm-hmm. They have totally broken down that superhero fatigue and they have expanded this normally action heavy thing into so many other things and it is just a a money monster for them right
2: now yeah and not only action heavy too i think it's they're making it bigger than what it used to be in the past right to just people who were like us right who are super interested in in superheroes right or in that just in that world in general and now people who are just casual viewers right like you're talking about casual ufc viewers like there are people who will watch wandavision because it's an enjoyable show Right, but then it also has that superhero aspect to it and it's like, Oh, this is this is cool. It's a little different from what you see on your normal drama shows or right or normal action, right? Like we love Fast and the Furious. Yes. But Marvel is nothing like Fast and the Furious, right? No. Two completely different pieces of of just content and just creation and it and it's constantly growing. And I don't see them stopping over the next 5, 10, fifteen years. Yeah. It's, yeah and that's the, one of the exciting things about it for me
0: who's again a big superhero guys guy is they're probably going to tag in you know the fantastic four the x-men just to like get mm-hmm. all of them in the same movie is a re- marvel has a lot of crazy properties if you can get we a, talk about yeah instead of a couple dozen you get like a hundred of like their top people whatever fighting a huge villain mm-hmm. there's just so much room for growth
2: well talking about wandavision didn't uh pietro right wasn't that the guy who played um, are you are you watching it yeah 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 Oh, okay how far um, are you in i didn't see last week's episode so but just the introduction of his character right that was somebody that they pulled from x-men right the revamped x-men world and now he's crossing over into because he wasn't the original um pietro when when they were first when those uh characters were first introduced well, he was the first one to play Quicksilver, but it
0: was as yeah. an X Man, and exactly. not in yep. the MCU. And that's another exciting thing that they're, I think, going to do with this is open the door to like the multiverse in, yep. in superhero movies, right? Because he's not of their universe. We know this because the X Men
2: universe was separate. Because mm-hmm. the- then, if they, if I mean, if the universe did come together, and wow, we we have to have a uh, we have to have a Marvel Marvel pod, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Oh my because god! Because we can keep going on about this for part. days, dude. Because if you think about like where they're going with Spider-Man, right, trying to loop in those different um, those different worlds, the different uh, universe, right, it continues to just the possibilities are endless if you can do that and do it correctly. Because what we've seen from X-Men over the past ten years hasn't been done correctly yet. Spider-Man, I think they're trying to get it right, right, where it's like okay, we'll try with this one, try with this one. The most recent one, Tom Holland, love it, so I hope that continues right grow around that and into the spider verse exactly it was phenomenal right so that how would you, be my piggyback how do you find right? ways of, of like pulling those that those, so those two things right and and, and expanding on that because it, it can be great but it can also be like the constant reiterations we've seen of X-Men time and time again
1: yeah so I mean I guess with that being said we we hit a lot of different issues today we um, we peel back the onion a little bit the kenbei. anything you want to
2: close on I mean I know um, I just want to give my content a wreck. A lot of people have already been talking about it, so I won't be too long on it. Bridgerton. Oh, my God, dude. What 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 are you turning away for? You know how many people are going to love that? JD gave us WandaVision, but the true winner, <laughs> the true winner is Bridgerton. Is that right. like Downton Abbey? What is that? I guess that is a great comparison, and some people might not know Downton Abbey. I really Abbey. don't know. It sounds like it should be. It, Still it's, it's in the same world. Little women. Um, it's, I don't know why you're listing all those, Albert. Um, but it's, it's great content. Little, great little drama. Liars. sit around there. You know, about a young woman who is trying to find her husband, and she finds this young man, the Duke. That's what I want y'all to start calling me from now on. Okay. The Duke. The Duke of Manny Unk. That's what you can call me from now on. Okay, great. Duke of Unk. But yeah, you know, they come together, and they have this little plot to figure out, you know, how to find her husband. I'm not going to say any more, because I want people to watch the show, and I know you guys are going to love it, so, you know, psh- just go ahead and, you know, send me messages. Oh, Dikembe, you know, I love the show. Thanks for the wreck. Didn't watch WandaVision because that's whack. But Bridgerton, love it. Guys, enjoy. Hopeless romantic. Always. I told you, I'm young and single bachelor out here. Going back to North Carolina. Watch Bridgerton. Guys,
1: drop some comments. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, reach out to Dikembe. He is a single bachelor who will watch Bridgerton <laughs> with you. Um, while hours, eating pints of Netflix while and chilled. eating pints of Netflix and chilled. Uh, if you have any other questions for Captain James Patterson, thanks so much, man, for coming on.
0: Happy to be here. And anything I said that crossed the line, I was just
1: kidding. Yeah, Government. He, yeah, he was just kidding. And if you have any problems with him, his girlfriend will gladly beat you down. <laughs> so thank you uh, so much for listening, everyone. And as always, enjoy the first sip.